So we're going to be finding out from Lisa exactly what she does for the charity, how the money raised goes to help those affected by breast cancer and their families. And of course, it wouldn't be the travel podcast without talking about travel. Lisa is a big travel junkie, so we've got plenty to dive into. And of course, the relationship that we now have with not just travel, travel franchise and the Pink River Foundation. Hello everyone, a very warm welcome to the latest episode of The Travel Podcast. I am so delighted to be joined today by a good friend and a really inspirational woman. Her name is Lisa Allen and she is the head of the powerhouse behind an incredible charity called the Pink Ribbon Foundation. Lisa, welcome to the Travel Podcast. Wow. Hello, Hayley. You're looking gorgeous as always. Oh, likewise. So lovely to see your face, Lisa. We are really excited about this episode. I've been lucky enough to to work with you and the charity for a number of years. I've lost count now and I've seen firsthand the incredible work that you do and how that really does impact the lives of people, not only who the individuals that are suffering with breast cancer, but the families and the children. But let's just start at the beginning. Let's start for anybody who's who's new to you. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the charity? Of course. So Pink Ribbon Foundation, as you've quite rightly said, breast cancer charity. This year we'll have been going for 24 years. And I've scarily been with the charity since it started back in 2000, so a very, very long time. Um, As a charity, we have very little infrastructure. So there is myself, but there is also a team of trustees as well. So we work with just the four of us. There's myself and three volunteer trustees, Jonathan, Angie and Liz. And between us, the job is basically raising lots of money so that we can give it away to breast cancer charities all over the UK. So, yeah, we're a grant-making trust, and the grants that we award predominantly to small charities across the UK help fund frontline services. So things like counselling, WIG advice, free holidays, alternative therapies, anything that is needed by somebody who is going through breast cancer. And obviously with things like counselling and so on, the families obviously that need support at that time as well. What I love so much about the work of the Pink Ribbon Foundation is how transparent it is in terms of being able to actually see where money raised goes like you said whether it's to fund a Macmillan nurse for a year or perhaps in a remote village in Scotland that doesn't have access to to a nurse there or all the different projects that you do which is so lovely Um, of course any money raised for charity is always valuable but I feel sometimes you never really get to see the impact of where that money goes and that's why I love the Pink Ribbon Foundation so much because every donation really really does count and it's so clear to see the phenomenal work um you know that gets invested in that really does make a difference to people's lives and it's just absolutely fantastic well the thing is as well is that when we award a grant which we do every year we award grants to around 60 different charities every year. And over the last 24 years, we've supported well over 300 different charities, but many of them obviously get grants year on year, even though they have to apply. But every charity that gets a grant does have to give us two reports in 12 months to let us know how that money's been used, 
how many people have benefited. And from that, we get really good testimonials of the people that have benefited from those services. So yeah, completely transparent. We know where every penny goes. And um, and quite rightly too, because you know, people, it's tough for people at the moment. And if they're raising money and they're donating money, they want to know it's going to the people that need it. Absolutely. So Lisa, why do you personally feel so passionate about the work you do? I know it might sound like an obvious question, but you're at the forefront of obviously interacting with the people that are fundraising but not only that you obviously spend a lot of time with breast cancer survivors and sufferers so so where does your real passion come from uh well considering that this wasn't a role that I kind of was looking for I, I fell into charity purely by accident but what I love about Pink Ribbon is the fact that it is a small team that we make a huge difference every day is different I meet fantastic people whether that's people that are fundraising whether it's companies whether it's people like yourself ambassadors and patrons and influencers everybody that I come across is absolutely lovely wants to make a difference is very very genuine about the cause and so it doesn't feel like work. And when something that you love doesn't feel like work and becomes a passion, you can't help but be enthusiastic and motivated about it. And then I think that's infectious. And then that spreads to other people who want to be like you in what you're doing and want to come on board and support as well. So I just, I love what I do because it doesn't feel like work <laughs> and I'm making a difference. So there's not many jobs in the world, I think, where you can enjoy what you do, have such a varied role. Every day is different. You love who you work with and, and you get to make a difference to people's lives as well. So it kind of ticks all the boxes. Fantastic. Oh, I love that. I mean, to love what you do and to help people at the same time is 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 the dream, isn't it? And it's there's so much involved, isn't there? There's some social media, working with different businesses, fundraisers, people, families, sufferers, being creative, coming up with different ideas. So I know you have a lot on your plate, but I love that you enjoy it as much as you do. So let's talk about the the link now, the new partnership with Not Just Travel. Exciting when you have ambassadors who genuinely believe in what they are highlighting and supporting and then try and make introductions and connections to people that they are in business with. So the introduction obviously came from, from you and your love of travel. And it's a fantastic partnership. It's brilliant. It's giving people the opportunity to fundraise within the business in a whole array of different ways. It's a perfect partnership. And you've already highlighted that I like traveling myself. Anything that kind of gets me a little bit out there at the same time, it's win-win. <laughs> Yes, it really is. I think for everybody involved in not just travel and the travel franchise and business owners out there, people are like, we all want to feel that we are giving back and we are supporting causes that are close to our heart. And I think with breast cancer, it is a disease that unfortunately... So many of us will know somebody, a family member, a friend, a work colleague, a, a teacher, a neighbour that is suffering because sadly the figures out there, well, you will obviously know all the, the statistics, but it, it is a huge, huge problem that just affects so many people. And of course, not just the sufferers of the disease, but the knock-on impact that then has on the children. The, the husbands, the wives, the families, the friends. And and it is it is sadly something that affects all of us in, in one way or another, doesn't it? 
It does. And the thing is, I think if you can find a partnership with a brand or a, or a corporate company where it's a relevant charity to support, whether that's because in the employers have, have got family members that have had breast cancer or because their products are targeted to women, I think it's all very relevant. And I've had quite a few people in the past tell me that they've discovered their breast cancer by rubbing sun cream on holiday. So there's that whole link with travel and obviously the mental health side of being outside and in, in places that are away from your environment. But yeah, everybody knows somebody, you know, 55,000 women a year are getting diagnosed with breast cancer, around 370 men. So we know that men get breast cancer as well. And that's a very high number. And it's around one in seven women in their lifetime will get breast cancer. And I'm pretty sure that when it comes to travel, women are probably the key decision makers in terms of the destinations and where they go and what, what things the children need when they're on holiday, like the clubs and things like that. So to, to show people that are buying these holidays um, that there is you know, support for a relevant charity at the same time and for franchisees to get involved as well, I think it's, it's great. It's great. I think the partnership's going to be very, very good. And um, I'm very excited for it. Yes, yeah, so am I. Oh, Elisa, thank you so much for talking more about the charity. And let's let's dive into some some travel now, because again, as you said, a, a big passion of yours is travel. Let's let's go back to the beginning and let's talk about your childhood. Were you able to travel when you were growing up? Did you have UK holidays or camping caravans? What what was travel like when you were younger? Uh, travel when I was younger, I didn't go abroad until I was at school when we, we did our school trips so holidays for me with the family were caravan holidays and I've got very fond memories of holidays in Great Yarmouth um, at a caravan site that we used to go to every year my two sisters and, and, and my mum and dad and um, I remember always being bundled in the car during the darkness um, because we wanted to get an early or my parents wanted to get an early start on the road so we'd, we'd be bundled in the car in the dark sleep most of the journey up there and then miraculously arrive at this wonderful caravan park and I've, I remember it was you know the entertainment was brilliant we used to take part in all of the the kids discos and everything and meet all the characters so yeah for me it was it was very much UK holidays when I was young and it my first uh, trips abroad were with um, school and I had a chance to go on a PGL. I don't know if they still do them. It was a PGL holiday to the south of France with school that my mum paid for. And we got to do canoeing and different water sports and everything. And I think my first kiss was a French boy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to French kiss, make, make sure it's a French boy. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Oh, I love it. And how has your travel style uh, changed since, since then? Do you still caravan or are you now all about, you know, going abroad? Did you get a real taste for it? Um, when Eve was little, because my daughter now is uh, going to be 19 in March, actually. So I don't know where that time's gone. But I was very lucky. I managed to do a lot of different press trips. So I was able to take her to Austria and, and lots of other places. But I also took her to... Um, some haven holiday parks so we would have a couple of holidays a year one of them might be a caravan one of them would be Cornwall and then we'd go abroad so we were very lucky with that but if you're asking me now what my holiday destinations are like I like four or five star hotels <laughs> I like a decent pool um I like to be by the beach I like luxury 
And I've done that whole bit with the kids. So if it's an over 18 result as well, even better. Um, but yeah, abroad, I mean, I say that, but I did a really good two week road trip last year with my mum to Ireland because that's been on our bucket list for ages. And it did rain the whole time, every day for two weeks it rained and it was beautiful. And that's why Ireland is green. But um, we'd been putting off that trip for, for quite a few years. And, and most of the reason for that was because it was like, do you go to Ireland where it's going to rain or do you go two weeks somewhere where it's going to be hot and sunny and the hot, sunny holiday always won. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my preference, but I like to holiday in the UK as well. So I like to have at least one hot holiday and then Cornwall is something I've done for the last six or seven years. Always go for a week in Cornwall and there are some beautiful places in the UK, let's be honest. Oh, there really are. I think there are so many gems in the UK. I think we are so lucky with the variety of destinations that we can jump in the car or go on the train or a coach ride away. And I think we're really, really lucky. But let's talk about the Virgin Voyages cruise um, within the Not Just Travel team that you joined us on last year. Because am I right in remembering that was your first experience of a cruise? I'd been on a cruise before, but it was a Tui cruise. And it was when Neve was little. And I think she was probably about seven at the, at the time. Um, and it was just the two of us and it was a Mediterranean cruise and we, we took in Portofino, Corsica, uh, we went to Florence. It was absolutely amazing. And that was for a week. And that was my first, um, attempt at cruising. And I was never really wanting to go on a cruise before that. It was sold to me by a travel agent. Um, and I was like, okay, my daughter had been talking about going on a cruise for, for a long time. She'd kept seeing all these Caribbean cruise adverts on telly. Um, and I came home and said we were going on a cruise and she thought it was going to be a Caribbean cruise holiday. And I was like, no, it's a Mediterranean cruise. But it blew me away. Some of the best photos I've got from a holiday are from that cruise because we went to so many different places and got such great images. But the Virgin Voyages cruise is only my second cruise. And completely different, obviously, because it is an adults only cruise. And I've funnily enough just written an article about this um, Virgin Voyages cruise for an online publication. And it was great to kind of reminisce about that week. Mind blown is all I can say. Um, <laughs> they've literally thought of everything. Um, the technology side of it with the wristbands and the tablets that are in the cabins that control everything, such as your, your kind of room service, your curtains, your TV, your, your air con. Um, the fact that everything's included in the price, all the 20 plus restaurants that are on board, which cater for lots of different tastes and, and, and preferences. And the fact that you're, it's, it's a hotel on, on the sea, basically. So you've got everything that's there, which is phenomenal. And then on top of that, you get to go off and go and see different places as well. Um, yeah, cruising is is brilliant. I love it. I do. I feel of a. I would describe myself as a bit of a cruise obsessive. Really, <laughs> I just love cruising, and I love convincing people who are anti-cruise and turning them into cruise junkies because it happens all of the time the amount of people in my life or people that I've met who've all said 
I don't want to go on a cruise. That's not for me. I think I'd feel trapped. I think I'd feel seasick. You know what? This in a lot of cases, these are people that go to a resort and stay in that resort for two weeks and don't go out of the hotel. Yes. <laughs> so for, I don't get that because if you're going to be on the ship, yeah, you've got all of that, um, all of those, you know, things that you can do on the ship. And there's and there's a lot of things you can do on the cruise um, on the cruise ships. You've got the entertainment, you've got the casinos, you've got spas, you've got shops. There's so much you can do. And if they were only going to stay in a hotel anyway, you might as well be on a ship for two weeks and then actually get off and go and see some different places. So, I don't, yeah, I don't get why people are not prepared to try it because I honestly think everybody, and this is probably the same for you, everybody that you know that has said they don't want to do it that that then goes on a cruise is completely hooked and wants to go again. I, I personally have never come across anybody that was negative about a cruise before they've ever experienced it, that then went on a cruise and said, you know what, I was right, hated it. I personally have never, ever come across that at all. It's always been the polar opposite where they've gone from thinking they'd never cruise in their life, being persuaded by an amazing travel agent or a friend or a partner, and then going, wow, I loved it. When can I book the next one? Let's try another ship. Let's try a completely different itinerary. And they become converts. And I've seen it happen so many times. So I actually quite like meeting people that that think they don't want to cruise because I think I can normally change their life and get them into it. <laughs> it's, so easy. it's so easy as well because, I mean, even with the Virgin um, cruise that we did, getting off and on board, so easy. There's no faff at, at all with it. You know, if we flew into Barcelona. Our cases, we were able to give them to someone at the airport. So we had a few hours in Barcelona before we got on the ship. Big sail away party, which was brilliant. Um, you'll remember me falling in the pool. Um, and, um, <laughs> and it's just, it was, oh, yeah, just when can we go again? <laughs> oh, I know. And it was funny um, for the listeners uh, that weren't there. Lisa became known on the ship as that lady who fell in the pool because people were coming up to Lisa throughout the cruise that you didn't know going, oh, I remember you. You're that lady that <laughs> fell in the pool. <laughs> Do you know what? And when we met Daley Thompson, that was literally the first thing he said to me. Oh, you're the one that fell in the pool. I was like, right, well, I didn't quite style that one out. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was memorable. But it got the party started. Once I was in the water, everybody else got in the water. So, yeah, the party started. <laughs> you were a trendsetter. And I agree with everything you said about Virgin Voyages ships, the technology, how just little things open your cabin door and having that automatic uh, opening of your curtains and revealing your beautiful balcony and you're looking out to sea and the lifts were like in an aquarium. Like they were just... Every, like you said, every single detail had been thought of. Even the the fun you could have with them, um, all the mood lighting and on the iPad in the cabin and the playlists, and it is so quirky. And even the um, safety video was like watching a music video on yeah. MTV, wasn't it? <laughs> and I, I love the personality of the Virgin brand that just echoed through that ship. Uh, very inclusive, all different age groups um and my mum and stepdad are in their 60s and uh, love cruising we, we all have a background my mum included used to work for Fred Olsen completely different style of of, of ship and clientele and uh 
they were slightly worried thinking oh we're a little bit older will it be right for us and I said to them honestly that ship has got it all everyone is catered for all age groups and also you can go to the pool area and the bar and you can fall in the pool and to have all the fun and the dancing but if you just want to take yourself off to a beautiful quiet deck and read a book or listen to music and just kind of have a little bit of a peaceful cruise you can totally tailor it to whatever you want and they have the best time there was lots of places on that cruise which were quiet and one of the things that amazed me was how little of the ship I actually saw even being on it a week because it's so big and there are so many little nooks and crannies. Mm. And because we were getting off when we got into port as well, some people didn't. Some people chose to stay on the ship, which is, you know, absolutely whatever you want to do. But, yeah, there's definitely something for everybody. And like you, that was one of the things I noticed was the fact that there were lots of different um, types of people there, groups, solo travellers, um, and yeah, everybody is celebrated and catered for. And I I think they've done that job for that particular market of an over 18s cruise incredibly well. Yeah, they are just winning so many awards at the moment. It's one of those experiences that I don't stop telling people about. I don't stop trying to talk people into trying a Virgin cruise because it was one of the best weeks of my entire year and one of my most memorable uh, trip so I'm not surprised to see Virgin Voyages absolutely flying I think obviously they're new um, they're new to the industry but people it's all spreading by word of mouth people like us go on the Virgin cruise have the time of our life and then you know I've wrote my mum and stepdad have been they're looking forward to going back on the ship they definitely want to go back we can't wait to go back so uh, yeah I definitely share your your passion for the Virgin cruise and let's talk about any other trips um, or bucket list destinations have you got anything coming up this year Lisa my diary is pretty empty at the moment but I know that's going to change soon um in terms of bucket list trips um one of my favorite destinations that I've been on and I've been lucky enough to go twice is the Maldives um which is absolutely stunning it is like those bounty adverts, you know, with the palm tree and the white sand and the turquoise blue sea. And I remember when I went, it was in a hotel where there was sand all over the floor. So for two weeks, I didn't wear shoes. It was absolutely brilliant. But there's, yeah, there's lots of places I want to travel to that I haven't been to. Dubai, because I missed out on that last year. <laughs> so, yeah, Dubai, Abu Dhabi would be brilliant. Um, I fancy Mauritius. Should I just give you a wish? wish? <laughs> um, Thailand, I'd like to go to Thailand. Um, yeah, it's all very kind of exotic, but there are equally lots of city break destinations that I haven't visited. I haven't been to Prague, quite fancy Prague. So, um, yeah, I've been to quite – I'm lucky I've been to a few places, quite a few places – but there is still much of the world that's unexplored. It's great to have all those different places in mind, isn't it? So that when the opportunity comes up, you know you're ticking them off the list and you're actually getting out there. Because sometimes I think we're all guilty of, sort of, like you say, putting things off a little bit like your island trip. But I bet you're so glad that you did it and so that you've seen it. And even though you had the rain, I was following your social media and you and your mum looked like you were having a great time. <laughs> 
it was great. And the thing is, you can't keep putting things off, you know, in my job with what I do. And my mom is fit and healthy, but, you know, she's going to be 70 this year. You can't keep putting things off because you don't know how long you're on this planet for. And if there's something that you want to do, somewhere you want to go, something that you want to see, I definitely think you have to make time to do it. Um, and yeah, so Ireland, we'd put it off for years and definitely no regrets about, about doing that at all. And, you know, when my mum, unfortunately, isn't here anymore, it's going to be something that I remember very fondly. We had some, some great laughs, um, some real comedy moments, um, especially especially kissing the Blarney Stone, which was funny. And I've made us both a beautiful book, hardbacks book with all the photos in. Um, so, yeah, definitely seize the moment, I would say, when it comes to travel, but equally when it comes to anything in life. Mm, yeah, that's great. And I was actually going to say, do you have any travel tips? But actually what you've just said there, how if you've had a really special trip, to print out those photos and make a, a sort of a memory photo book album is such a nice idea. Do you do that often or is that the first time? I do it with every holiday, every holiday. So a little bit of a plug, and I don't know if I'm allowed to give company plugs, but I do um, all my books with Snapfish. Um, it gives me the opportunity to drop all my photos in on their software and you can use the facility with them where they can place all the photos for you. But I like to put place all the photos myself, decide what size they're going to be, add captions. If we've been somewhere and there is some information about that destination, I like to have that typed up in text. And the books are usually, I always add lots of extra pages so they're always around 80 pages and they are hardbacked kind of like tabletop books. And I've got one from when me and Neve went to Australia. I've got them from Cornwall trips when we did our cruise with Tui. So, yeah. And I mean, they're, they're on display on a the shelf. They're not always got down and looked at, but they are always there if we want to kind of reminisce over anything in particular. That is such a brilliant travel tip. As you were saying that, I was thinking back to so many of my memorable holidays and I thought, oh, what a lovely thing to do. What a lovely thing to to have, to, to look back on, to to, to reminisce and, and regenerate all those good memories. Because we're so guilty nowadays of just popping our photos on social media and forgetting about them and not actually printing them out, putting them in frames. So to have them in books, I think is is really lovely. I'm going to start doing that Lisa, this year. I mean, that wasn't going to be one of my travel tips, but yeah, I suppose it is a travel tip is to, is to get these pictures um, organised and put them in books. And if you've been on holiday with family members or friends, they make great presents. I gave my mum a copy of the same book because I ordered two of our island trip and it was one of her birthday presents at Christmas because her birthday's Boxing Day. So that was one of her gifts. I think it's fantastic. But you've got more tips to share, Lisa. So let's go through some of your other ones because I love travel hacks. I love travel tips. I love being able to share them with the listeners. Well, I don't think I'm going to be saying anything that you probably don't already know or do. I mean, the big thing with me is I am a control freak. And I'm a massive organiser. So I am the one, if we go on holiday, that's got all of the documents. I have everybody, well, nowadays, actually, to be fair, most of it, all your, you know, check-in passes, et cetera, are on your phone anyway. But if there is any kind of documents, travel, insurance, copies, all of that, that's me with the document. 
Um, I'm big on organising itineraries. So, if I, again, if I go away when we, we go to Cornwall usually, um, I'm the one that makes the list of where we're going for that day, um, how long it's going to take to drive there, buy the tickets in advance. But when it comes to travelling, the things that I like to travel with in particular, especially if it's a, a plane journey, um, I like a really good book. Uh, I take my headphones, obviously, for, for music or if I'm watching anything on my phone. Eye masks are essential, especially if you are on a long-haul flight. And me and you are both familiar with Claire and her brand, Sensory Retreats. So um, I love her eye masks, which are, are brilliant. So I like to take them. Lots of water um, and fluffy socks. Oh, that just brings that little bit of coziness and luxury, especially when you're trying to get to sleep, knowing that your feet are nice and toasty. It is. And and it can get really cold on some flights sometimes. So I always make sure I take one of those big scarf blankets as well um, so that, you know, I don't sleep well if I'm traveling, whether it's in a car or on a flight. But sometimes you just, like you say, need to get cozy, having the nice warm eye mask on your eyes, fluffy socks on your feet and a little bit of a blanket that you can kind of um, snuggle into as well. All those things will make you well rested so that as soon as you get off the plane, you're ready to go. Exactly. And you can make the most of it. Lisa, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved your tips. It's been great to hear and share more about the incredible work that you do at the Pink Ribbon Foundation. I think you're so inspirational. And I love the fact that you you do live life to the full. Everything that you do, whether it's for the charity or your travels, your personal life, you do seize the moment. You just take every opportunity. And I think that is a great thing that I think people will take from this episode if that seize the day fit as much in as you can enjoy the time that you've got and and just make the most of it no perfect thank you for having me Hayley and I look forward to seeing you soon oh you too thank you to all of the listeners of this week's episode with Lisa Allen at the travel podcast if you'd like more information or to search for your local travel consultant just pop onto the website and we have a postcode search available for you there so that you can get connected to one of our amazing team members the details will be in the show notes if you'd like to find out more about how you can get involved and support the pink ribbon foundation make sure you tune in next week i will be back with a future episode but until then take care and happy travels